Uh, is it Tottenham next? No. Who's next? Southampton. Oh, shit, <laughs> Why about I got Southampton on here? Um, cool. So next we've got, um, what's their nicknames? The Saints. The Saints. Thank you. Next we've got the Saints, Southampton United. So do you want to know why Alcatraz is a snake? Because he relegated me from doing the introduction. Says, oh, he's going to do the introduction. Pulls out his phone and starts reading from his phone. So obviously that's something you guys won't be able to see. Listen, there's going to be a camera soon. So there's going to be video footage of everything. Like right now, do you want me to tell them that you're naked in the living the room? <laughs> <laughs> like my bro, my bro. Like you just got on boxer shorts. Like I feel very uncomfortable. This is an uncomfortable work environment. Welcome back to the Top Pins Pod. The top talking points, the top analysis, and the top goals from the Premier League. You know what that is? That's Top Bins. I'm your host Uncle Tass, and I'm here with my co-host Spaney. What's good? We're here again. We are another week. Another week. The Premier League is coming back soon. Next week. One more week till it all kicks off. That's me rubbing my hands together for those uh, on the audio waves that can't see. Clearly excited. I am very excited. But how are you at the moment? I'm not excited. Why? I'm feeling terrible, man. Worse than last week. Or is it, was it was it more alcohol fueled fun? It was. It was. Oh my gosh. But no, it was a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Care it to divulge? Uh, now in Clapham, um, place I'd never been before. Tropics. Um, we actually didn't mean to spend the, the whole night there. It was meant to be more of a pre-drink situation type of thing. But we ended up spending the whole night there. But yeah, it was good. It was good. What were you saying? How was your, how was your Saturday? Life's okay. Out and about, you know. <laughs> little, little, little Shoreditch vibes. Shoreditch. I, was, I could have ended up there. Yeah. So I could have bumped into you. I mean, you could have, but you didn't. This is true. What time are you there? Uh, most of the day, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I could have, could have bumped into you, but hey. Well, hey ho. We digress. We do. Onto the meat and bones, onto the football. So we're going to talk major transfers that happened over the course of the week. Some of the teams which we previewed last week, they've made some a couple, a couple new additions. And we're also going to preview the second half of the Premiership table. Let's get straight into it. Let's go. So I've marked down a couple of signings which stood out to me over the course of the week. I mean... Mm. What I'll do, I'll just run through them and you want to speak about any of them or any of them jump out to you. Uh-huh. We'll go from there. So the first one was Chelsea signing Kai Havertz. Uh-huh. It was a club record for you, isn't it? About 80, could be 100 million or something, right? What, for Chelsea? Yeah. I didn't see that for 71 million. But it could go up to, I'm saying, oh, man. with, with add-ons. Mean, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're still waiting for Marshall to win the Ballon d'Or for his <laughs> add-ons. So, <laughs> uh, I don't really think add-ons like that. But. Yeah, no, true. Um, no, I think that's, a, that's obviously a big one. That's now the seventh signing of the summer window, which yeah. is just absolutely crazy. One that was kind of in talks for probably the last week and a half or so, or two yeah. weeks or so. Um, so kind of one that I imagine Chelsea fans would be excited that's finally got over the line. Um, he looks a player. He, he does. does look a player. Yeah, looks 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 like a bright spark that can that can fuel kind of Chelsea's attack and, and play play different ways as well. Yeah, yeah. And when you look at kind of who you'd think would be starting for the next year, Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, as we mentioned, being a, a key man for the next season, add Kai Havertz into the equation. I think yeah, 
like I said last week, I think Chelsea will be a force to reckon with this season, and this is only strengthening their squad, especially attacking, attacking wise. So yeah, I think, I think good signing for them. Then we had a couple of signings for Arsenal. Sabah's coming back on loan for another season, mm. and Gabriel, who we mentioned last week, but they got that over the line. Yeah, um, Sabah's I think is uh, is a good one. Obviously, he had a pretty solid season for them last season, so I think Arsenal fans would be excited or happy that he's come back. Um, kind of one of those ones I think to myself Real Madrid given obviously their squad is kind of aging and their central midfield in particular kind of made up of Cruz, Modric and Casemiro I think Casemiro is the only one that's under 30 there isn't he mm. um, so you'd kind of think they probably would want to but they haven't but is, is he good enough though is Sebastian good um, enough for Real Madrid yeah true good enough for Arsenal and good enough for Real Madrid are two different things which I always, I don't even recall, but I always used to say that, for example, Sanchez, I absolutely never rated. He was good enough for Arsenal, but I just never, ever rated Sanchez. So that's a real thing there. Um, yeah, I guess you could argue that. Um, I'm actually quite sure who Real Madrid have in replacement of those three, though, who they would kind of actually remember their their squad in, well, no one comes to mind at the moment. But for Arsenal anyway, it's a good, it's good for them to kind of get him back for another year now. Um, do you know there's like an option to to no. sign or anything like that I, I think it's just a straight season just on loan again loan, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think for Real Madrid it's obviously an opportunity if he does kick on and improve and have mm. a great year then they can say well we want him back yeah yeah. So, um, and yeah. for Arsenal it's a cheap way to get another player in who's played under Arteta for at least three or four months five yeah. months Yeah. so it's not like there'll be a bending in period so yeah. good, good deal for all to be fair and then um, you mentioned Gabriel who I'm guessing Arsenal didn't learn from their... Well, I guess Arsenal fans will say, oh, Pepe's done all right, but didn't learn from the last time they signed, <laughs> signed a player from Lille. But we'll see what happens with this one. He's, he's obviously pipped to be a good player. Again, yeah. obviously can't say that I've watched much of him, but did the kind of classic YouTube highlights of him. And he looks okay. I mean, he's not one of the ones that I say his YouTube highlights actually made me think, oh, like he's the next best thing. But he looks okay. Looks like, a, a, like someone that can get stuck in and you'd think, again, they kind of need that, somebody who's going to get stuck in and not kind of go the David Luiz route of kind of always getting stuck in and giving away a penalty or getting sent off or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see what happens there, I think. They've now signed two centre-backs now. Yeah, so. so two in addition to having Luiz and yeah. obviously I think they've still got Socrates on the book and Mustafi still on the mm. book. So there's a couple of players there for um, Arteta to play around with. Yeah. And as we said last week, he's got them a bit more defensively solid, mm. so a couple of additions would be good. Yeah, yeah. Then we had Villa making their first sign-in, Matty Cash from Middlesbrough. Guess you don't know too much about him. <laughs> you can talk to us about that one. I mean, to be honest, from what I know of Matty Cash, he was he was a midfielder. I think they signed for like 15 million. But then I was having a look at, sneak look at the fancy Premier League app and mm. they have him down as a defender. So I don't, don't know if he's converted over the years, but I thought he was, unless I'm mixing him up, I thought he was like a midfielder mm. who'd sort of been around the block in the championship level. Um, and just a solid midfielder. Not necessarily what I think Villa were missing or mm. Villa needed, but I heard they've made a sign in and yeah. it's extra legs yeah. for the grueling campaign. Then Facts. the next one, which was one that surprised me, which I'm very impressed by, is Allen from Napoli signing for Everton. So obviously he played under Ancelotti at Napoli. So yeah. Ancelotti will be used to the player, but I mean, I think we played Napoli four times in the past three seasons. And I've been impressed by Allen every time. He's mm. comfortable on the ball, slightly diminutive. So sort of like Jorginho mould, mm. but a bit more solid defensively. And he likes to get his foot in. He doesn't mind putting his body about and mm. good pass to the ball. So yeah. he'll just help them keep ticking over in midfield. And yeah. 
they do need a bit of help in there and sort of they lost um, Ghana halfway through the season mm. got a couple of players in um, Gomez Tom Davis and Sigurdsson but no one in that real sort of yeah. defensive minded role sort of deep line playmaker-esque so I think it'll be a good signing for them yeah then lastly, a player I don't know that much about, so his pronunciation may be a bit off, <laughs> but it was Leicester signing Castagni. Mm. So left back from Atlanta. Yeah. So um, again, they needed a left back. Yeah, obviously. They paid, been sure well. they paid 21.5 million for him though. And the rumours were that they weren't willing to pay 20 million for Jamal Lewis from Norwich. So <laughs> not sure whether they just rate um, Luke Castagni a little bit higher mm. or it was just a case of maybe the potential add-ons for Jamal Lewis, yeah. which they weren't willing to rise to. But either way, they've got a left back now. Yeah, so which they needed, yeah. I still feel they're lacking. Mm. I still feel they'll be short unless they get a few more players in. But as you said, we, we previewed them last week. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet, go do that now. Pause this one and <laughs> circle back round. Come back to it. But on the, on um, Maybe I misread a, a headline that I saw or something, but I thought that Thomas Rodriguez was almost basically a done deal for Everton. I saw I saw, I saw rumours about it, but yeah. I haven't seen anything about it being completed yet. Yeah, no, fair. That will be an interesting signing. That that that'll be a good signing. I guess mm. I think he played under Ancelotti, Ancelotti. Um, at Real Madrid as well. So, which is like you were saying, where you were surprised that Ancelotti went to Everton. Mm. These are the type of reasons Everton would have wanted to sign yeah. him for these links where he, players have played from before, yeah. so they're willing to go to a perceived smaller club, yeah, because of the manager. Yeah, but I think looking back being a manager who's played from or manager on Madrid even though he's got incredibly credibility to manager Barcelona mm. he's already managed across town rivals mm. he's managed pretty much everywhere in Italy yeah. he's managed by Munich there, there were very few places he's managed at PSG as well <laughs> there are very few places for Ancelotti left to go so, yeah. the, the Premier League was sort of set up in a way that there weren't any clubs for him to join mm. so I mean, Everton makes sense I mean, yeah you know, another couple of paydays for him. He's 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 won it all out. Yeah, so. That's true. But before we jump into the preview, just mm-hmm. a quick one off 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 topic. But have you watched any of the All or Nothing Tottenham Hotspurs? I have actually. Yeah. Um, is it just three episodes that have come out so far? I've, I've seen three. I don't actually know. I've, I've seen three as well, but yeah. I'm not sure if more more have come out. Yeah. No, because um. I watched the three and then it didn't kind of suggest any further episodes. So I was like, but I'm actually quite, I quite like the All or Nothings and I quite just like sports documentaries in general anyway. And so even if like the Man City one, for example, when I watched that, obviously being a red, I was watching that and I was like, no, I actually quite like this. And they actually were quite fortunate and they managed to follow a pretty phenomenal season. Except obviously. for the Champions League. Well, yeah. And it's funny because obviously we beat Man City in the Champions League in that one, then in the all or nothing for Tottenham Hotspurs, like the second scene was <laughs> us beating them in the Champions League final. It's like, Amazon, get your, get, get, your, get your stuff together and follow Liverpool for a season. <laughs> you get Champions League glory. Simple. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I, I found it interesting. Um, obviously. If, 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 you, if obviously separate from Mourinho managing United, all mm. the other experiences, Based on that alone, if you had to use one word to describe Mourinho, what would it be? One word, one word. Um, this is quite the, uh, it's quite a boring word, but I'm just going to go interesting. See, that, 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 that's the exact same train of thought I'm on, but 
the one word that I just kept thinking to me was just Hollywood. He's just made <laughs> for Hollywood TV. Like the, there was a scene where, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but while he was um, just name manager, I think mm. for his first day in the office, they were talking on Sky Sports, that's Sky Sports oh, yeah. somewhere. They're like, oh, I can't believe Poch has been sacked, blah, blah, blah. And he just stood up, turned on his team and was like, fuck, fuck off. off. <laughs> He's just absolute Hollywood, man. Yeah, no, I like him. And I think um, in one of our group chats, someone made the comment, but they can see how he develops a cult of players that, that fall in love with him. Yeah. And you can kind of see that. And you know what's weird, right? I don't know if you if you um, see where I'm coming from when I say this. I've always said to myself that Mourinho reminds me of my dad. Just like his his kind of mannerisms and his uh, even just his the way he talks. Obviously, my dad's not Portuguese, yeah, but yeah. do you get what I mean? It's just like the way he he puts his sentences across and stuff like that. Just reminds me of my dad. But um, nah, I, I think Mourinho's uh, in that. Mourinho comes across well in that. To be fair, you don't really see the side of Mourinho that we've seen. Yeah. Obviously, I'm the special one. I'm this and the kind of the kind of grumpy type Mourinho that we're used to. Yeah. You see Mourinho that brings in Eric Dyer for a chat, that brings in Harry Kane for a chat and all this type of stuff. And like, okay, wow, like Mourinho, he, his man management seems to be... A lot better than you expect. Exactly. It's a, like even, I think there was a, again, slight spoilers if you haven't seen it, um, skip ahead. But there was a scene with Deli Ali where he was saying, even though he didn't play good in the one game, mm. he was talking to Daniel Levy saying, I might have to start him to garner that family mm. sort of feeling so mm. that he trusts me that he knows that when exactly. I don't start him it's for valid reasons yeah. like, but for this, just because you've had the chat let me start him now yeah. and he scored I think two goals in the next game and got yeah. an assist so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it shows that there's a reason why he's a good manager yeah. but it that does raise another point just remembered Daniel Levy said there was only two top quality coaches one of them was already, was already in the Premier League right and, and but I mean I count Pep and Jurgen Klopp in the Premier League, so <laughs> I was confused. I was confused. I was proper confused. Like, why? Why is he going for Pep like that? Because I know Klopp's a top quality manager. Like, I'm really confused. I'm fairly confident he was talking about Pep, mate. I'm, Sorry, fa- I'm fairly confident only one player won the Premier, or one, one manager won the Champions. Premier, mate, what's going on? <laughs> my head's hot, fam. Levy's got my head hot. Levy has got my head hot, man. I cannot lie to you. Oh my days, but hey. So moving on to the season preview. So we left it at Liverpool. Oh, we start with Liverpool this week, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, we left it at Leicester, Leicester, start with Liverpool. (laughs) So kicking off, seeing as though Liverpool are my team, Mm -hmm. it's an interesting one. So I sort of put together my thoughts on how I think Liverpool's season is going. And I think a lot of people, a lot of the sentiment among Liverpool fans is that we're stagnating under FSG. They need to spend money. We've just won the Champions League, won the Premier League. We need to invest in the squad. Mm. I'm a bit more on the cautious side of, um, we've had actually made a signing which was necessary. We signed Kostas Simikas. The left back, right? Yeah, from Olympiakos, which whenever Robertson wasn't playing, we lacked width. We lacked a naturally left-sided player and we looked very one-dimensional when he wasn't playing. So having a natural left footer in, I love it. Mm. He doesn't even have to be amazing. He just needs to be competent when Robertson isn't playing. But for me, the first team, I don't see how you improve it outside of obviously the rumours of Thiago. But I don't see how you improve on a team that's won 196 points out of 228 points in the past two seasons. We still have at least one more year in the cycle for me. I still feel that City, now that, I mean it's clear Messi staying at Barcelona mm. they're, they're a step 
worse off I feel than they were last year they're, they're, all their major players are a year older Fernandinho's a year older Aguero's a year older mm. um, Nathan Ake is a good signing for them again I'm jumping ahead of myself here um, in terms of the preview but I don't feel that City are going to be as good as they have been over the past three to four seasons mm. so I still feel it's our title to lose so I think um, for me it's a bit premature for people to be crying out that we need signings we need signings we need to make signings where, where we're going to fall back or regress I feel that this year is fine future planning yes next year we need to sort of refresh the either mm. the front line or get more bodies in midfield mm. but the way that Cater came on towards the end of lockdown the way that Taki Minamino's played well in and pre-season we've got players that haven't played a lot of football last year mm. who can come on and play bigger roles this year so I'm not as worried and as long as we get the fans back before the end of the group stages or the end of the group stages, we'll be a force in the Champions League as well. So, yeah, all in all, I'm, I'm expecting another title, to be honest. I, I, I have to back wow. my boys. Give Liverpool one title, so I guess they get. I have to back my boys. I've put them down for first with our key man being Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane, since the day he joined, um, what was it, 15, 16? Yeah, He's like been sensational mm. absolutely sensational when he was playing on the right wing he was probably one of the best right wingers in the Premier League then he switched over to left wing had a bit of bedding in time and now he's one of the best left wingers <laughs> in, the, in the world pretty much so he, he's my key man obviously you could say Salah gets the goal Firmino's the system Henderson makes us tick um, Wijnaldum's excellent recycler Alisson probably the world's best keeper at the moment Van Dijk world's best defender you could say a lot of things oh, we haven't even spoken about Trent and Robert oh, you know what let me stop there let me stop there let me stop there Mane's our key man I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm keep it tight you know like it is what it is man my boys are you done? my boys man <laughs> I'm done now I'm done now well nah um, you guys I'm saying second um, I don't see I think I alluded to it last week. I don't see enough from your boys to to be not necessarily worried about because obviously I don't think we're going to finish top. But in terms of general, how you guys dominated the league this last season, I don't think that's going to be the case this, this season. You're talking about not necessarily needing to make signings. I think any serious manager who wants to continuously compete will 100% make big boy signings the season after because you need you can't have players getting too complacent in their roles and too whatever and I'm not I'm not even going to lie I think um, towards the kind of end of the season when you guys had already won the league and stuff like that I feel like I saw that from your boys obviously there were a few results in there that you'd think well okay have they let their foot off the gas a bit obviously 4-0 to Man City um, and a couple other results in there you're thinking okay what's going on I saw um, I think was it you that I had this conversation with about Van Dijk where I get he's a fantastic um, centre back and he's a good reader of the game and, and whatnot. But again, towards the end of last season, towards the end when you'd won the league and stuff, he looked a bit kind of... Pedestrian. Yeah. And and I, I, I have the same issue with Van Dijk at times where it's like, he is so good that sometimes it's not necessarily like a concentration, but it's a bit like, I can just turn it on when I want. I can mm. just coast through the game. And obviously we saw, was it Arsenal that you, you lose two ones to Arsenal? He, yeah, him and yeah. Alisson made the two mistakes. Yeah. To, and it's like, I mean, if you're, if you're wanting to be continuously going on and, and challenging for stuff you need players to come in to kind of put these guys not necessarily saying not necessarily saying that someone like Van Dijk will lose his position in the team but to put a little bit of pressure on him kind of how we're doing with Henderson now coming in to kind of put pressure on De Gea because maybe De Gea's been getting a bit too comfortable for the last seven or so years thinking I'm number one 
no one's going to displace me. Romero were playing the cup games and that's it. But no, like we, you need that pressure for you to continuously be in your A game. Otherwise you're just going to sit back on your laurels and be like, well, I'm Kushti. And so, sorry, go on. But that, that's, that's the beauty of man management. I mean, pressure does make diamonds, but mm. sometimes as, as, we, as alluded to with Ali, sometimes you just need that arm around your mm. shoulder to get the best out of you. And you, mm. you need to know that if I have a down, down week, I'm still going to be in the team. I don't need to do everything this week. Mm. I don't need to do too much. I just need to keep it going when I know I'm not on my game. Mm. And that's how I think the Liverpool team is set up. It's a team first approach. It's not necessarily, I know I need to be the one starting. I just know as long as I perform well in training, mm. I'm going to get my chance in the team. Mm. So it, I, that's why I don't really see like we need a big marquee signing. Yeah, for I mean, I, I, sorry, sorry to cut you. Unless you're talking like a Mbappe, that's a different story. But yeah, we're not, we're not. Here. <laughs> yeah, no. So I think I think because um, obviously, if you look at the season that you boys won the Champions League, obviously you finished seconds. Well, to a very, 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 very good Man City team, obviously. Um, and so it's like, yeah, cool. You won the Champions League, very competitive in the Premier League. I can't remember how you boys did in other competitions that season. But then last season, you look at it, it didn't really... I think Minamino was like one of the only players you brought in. Yeah, over, in, in summer in the, window. Yeah, in, or in the January, in the January window. window, yeah. Um, so over those kind of two transfer windows, the summer of um, uh, the eight, well, nine, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the the winter window over those two transfer windows you only brought in Minamino who hasn't necessarily been kind of pushing for and I'm not saying he's going to displace um, Mane Firmino or Salah but hasn't necessarily come in and done much to kind of push for a starting position or say like look look at me I know you've got these three boys but look at me um, then come into last season okay you won the league and you absolutely dominated the league but I mean, I've mentioned to you a few times, I don't feel you guys were particularly competitive in, in other in other competitions. Again, arguably, if you came, if you signed kind of bigger signings or more signings than Jasmine Amina, you probably would have been. This season, again, coming into this season, I'm looking at you boys and I'm saying, again, you're not really, okay, you brought in the left back, but that's not really going to, again, that's just to kind of, oh, step in as a place filler when Robertson can't play or whatever the case may be. So I see the kind of regression, personally anyway, I see a kind of regression going in the sense of, I don't think you're going to dominate the league this season. Um, I, think, I think it's just a human mentality thing where we always assume that something new is always shiny and better. The grass is always greener. It's not, I'm, I'm of the school of thought, you don't have to sign someone mm. just for signing sake. Like, you know how teams are complaining, oh, we need to make signings, we need to make signings. Mm. If you don't actually need to make signings to achieve your goals, then why are you making signings? Like, you wouldn't buy a new TV if you just got a TV, would you? <laughs> so why are you buying a new TV just because it's a big, a bigger one that that you can get now for for a cheaper price? Mm. Like, your fifty inches doing the job. Why do you nah, need a fifty-five inch? No, nah, it's, it's it's like I said, it's more for me from a place of kind of complacency that your team now. I think you've had this solid core kind of eleven and add minus a couple of players for like last three years or so, three four years. I think it's a case of now, nah, okay, you won the Champions League one year, won the Premier League one year. Complacency does step in. Do you get what I mean? And the only way I not it's not the only way, but again, like I said, from what I was seeing towards the back end of last season, I feel like the man management aspect of it isn't if it's, if Jurgen Klopp's attention isn't necessarily working. Um, and so one of the only ways to now fix that is by bringing in players who are going to ch actually challenge for a starting eleven position. 
I, I know I said I'm gonna try to be bi- um, unbiased, but you're you're you're, you're chatting worse. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't lie to you. Like you you you're holding on to the to the post lockdown games mm. where we played Everton. Klopp always plays um, um, safety first when we go away to Everton. When we go away to United, that's how we struggle to win there. Nil nil in that game. Then we I think we beat Palace after that. Absolutely played them off the park four nil again. Their mentality wasn't great um, post lockdown, so you can't maybe discount that. Then you had this, the City game as well. We had probably good chances in the first five ten minutes. If one of those goes in, completely different game. They get a goal. We're like, oh well, it doesn't really matter anyway. Go to see again. Arsenal. We take the lead. Similar if we take a lead in City, then we just make up a mistake. It's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. And anyway. we know we don't need to win. That, mm. that that's the problem. It's a completely different mindset that we need to sort of discount. Mm. Like. We need to think past that and think to how dominant we were beforehand. Mm. That is the benchmark that we should be looking to continue from. Mm. And I don't see anything which has changed about the team, which tells me they can't do that. Like, it's not like the, the, the Premier League teams haven't got tape on us. They had tape from the season before. It's not like it's a brand new team which came together last year. Mm. That's why I feel we still have another year in the cycle. Fair. Well, second place for me, mate. Although I do agree on your uh, key man. I think obviously Sadio Mane is... Yeah, well, he is one of the best in the world at the moment. So he's boss. Have you seen that that video of that guy on outside the stadium? It, it was an old video a couple of years ago. We were saying, for me, Sadio Mane is the best player in the world. Oh yeah, that that. <laughs> I mean, they 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 they, they thought he was an idiot. Oh, no, he, yeah. he, he was an oracle. He was an absolute oracle. <laughs> but, but yeah, there are uh, nine other teams we need to cover. So. <laughs> Next is uh, the boys who I think are going to win the league, um, Man City. Um, yeah, I think they will. I think they will bounce back. I think with Pep under, um, obviously at the helm, he I tend to believe has the ability to kind of fire the players up when they need to be fired up, um, and kind of contrary to what I was just saying about you boys and how you kind of dovetailed, okay, post lockdown and whatever kind of thing. Um, I think he showed it in the season when they were fighting for kind of the 100 points and and his ability to get his players fired up, to get them ready for the challenge, ready for the next, I think is is, is second to none. So I think we're going to see a resurgence in, in, in City. I think, I mean, obviously it pays me to say, but you have to try to be unbiased, right? Um, but I think he will be able to to, to turn it around and... and as you said, Nathan Ake is a solid signing at the back. So if they can get Emmerich Kapoor and they can make it work with Nathan Ake, because I know a lot of people are talking about our two left-footed centre-backs. Um, I think, obviously, you showed up your defence there. Um, obviously, we'll see Phil Foden coming into the... You know, I'm a fan of Phil Foden. I'm not saying he's going to be the one that turns them around, but I'm just saying in general. Um, I'm a fan of Phil Foden personally, and I think uh, he'll have a key role to play next season for them as well. Kevin De Bruyne, and obviously, last season was a fantastic season for him. So if he can build on from that again going forward and even this time break, outright break the assist record, that would be fantastic for you, him. You see him getting another 21 assists this year. I'm not necessarily, I do see him doing that. I'm just saying if, if he could, that would be good. And I don't see why he couldn't. Um, I think the chances that he creates in general lead towards somebody who will be up there. Um, I think he's just outdone by the fact that he's, I kind of used to say this about Ozil at Arsenal like back in 2014 or whenever, whenever it was where, he was creating so many chances, but he was setting up Theo Walcott, for example. And Walcott's not the guy that you really want at the end, at the end of your chances. Similar to, well, kind of 
De Bruyne with Sterling. Um, Sterling threw away so many chances for De Bruyne and De Bruyne should have been clear of like 23 assists to be honest last season. But again, if you've got Aguero out for a lot of your season and you're kind of setting up Sterling and um, and Jesus, I'm not saying they're bad players, but I'm just saying their finishing is not up there with kind of your Aguero's and mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think City will win it. I think City will win it. And I think obviously key man, yeah, being Kevin De Bruyne again. See, for me, I'm not discounting the fact that City will or Pep will have City looking better but I think as we all know it's the Champions League they want Mm. like how much focus are they going to actually put into the Premier League if for example um, Liverpool take another big lead like um, they haven't the leniency of an extra week break thanks to their European commitments Mm. so if Liverpool get a strong lead couple couple wins out the bag they've got a tough start Man City a couple of big games early on same as Liverpool to be fair but if they drop a few points here or there and it's, you're looking at a six seven point lead at the start of mm. October are they really going to be bothered or are they going to say you know what we'll, we'll, we'll do our job but we need the Champions League this year like mm. we, we, we missed a major chance to win it last year but Pep's legacy for City will be Champ- on, the, yeah. the Champions League like he's already cemented his, his legacy as a Premier League legend getting 100 points mm. um, Centurions amazing but can he get the Champions League mm. he's only ever done it with Barcelona only with Messi mm. true so moving on I mean feels almost wrong for me to be the one introducing <laughs> this but we have the Red Devils the mighty Reds, the glory, glory Man United. So, I, I don't know, whatever they call themselves. <laughs> but um, yeah, United. Busty babes. Second full depth or second full season rather under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Mm. How you feeling? I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> Why are you not happy? Because... Our, our summer activity has just not been I mentioned this last week if we don't and the case since then obviously we've signed Donny van der Beek yeah but my problem is that's not a priority position for me yes I agree that is not a priority position for me we need to be signing a right winger we need to be signing a centre back we need to be signing full backs I think it's a good step in the sense of okay cool it shows that we can make signings my only issue again is I don't know if I'm just looking at this from kind of a Obviously, I'm a United fan and so whatever. But my only problem with this signing is obviously without Edwin van der Sar basically helping the deal go through, would it have been another kind of two-week, three-week, month-long saga for absolutely no reason? So what are you trying to say? Trying to blame um, Edward Wood? Listen, I'm saying we take way too long to make signings. I'm saying we will be linked with a player for God knows how long. Apparently we will be in talks with the club, with the agent, blah, blah, blah. And it still takes forever. And that probably is Edward Wood's fault. Reason being, Edward Wood is known for just going around boardrooms and just talking about how much cash we have available and all this type of stuff. And it seems that he's- Giving it the biggins. Yeah. His only metric that he's able to go on the basis of success is, oh, we, we, we've got all this cash and we're so commercially successful and all this type of stuff. So, so what you're calling is Edward Wood the guy in the club just bottles trying to get all the babes, but the babes just don't want him. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> honestly. And so it's getting, it's getting a little bit frustrating. I, I don't want it to be a case of every time. Like this still went through in about uh, 48 hours, apparently, or like some 
Yeah, like forty. It was, it was quick. It was quick. Yeah. From from, from rumour to finalise, it was quick. Yeah. Almost potentially, they kept it quiet for once. Yeah. Rather than it yeah. being quick in total. Yeah. But again, because we got the help in hand. But when you got them deals that you can't necessarily get the help in hand, like how? Why are they taking so long? But yeah, it's just frustrating. But anyway, in terms of the season, I feel like towards the um, obviously post lockdown, our form was fantastic. Performances started off very well. Um, and then as you got towards the last like five, six, seven, four, five, five games or so, the performances tailed off a bit because it was clear that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was only, well, was heavily reliant on his starting 11, getting us a three, four nil buffer before he decided to make any substitutions of any kind. Obviously towards the, the, the end, end of the season, um, we were seeing that when our starting 11 were very tired, not necessarily able to get us that cushion um, and we're still kind of chasing, not chasing the game, but still kind of looking for the opening with even 15 minutes ago, he's still not making any changes. And that is not a place you want to be in. Do you yeah. get what I mean? That is not a place you want to be in. So we need to we need to sign players that we can bring on and not worry about the significant drop-off in performance or, or attitude from the team. Because I'm sorry, but bringing on Dan James for Greenwood is not it. Do you get what I mean? It's not it. So... <laughs> Did, did you see the um, training video he posted on social media? No. Uh, it was it, it, it was basically just wind sprints. That's all man was doing. <laughs> oh my Limited ball work. Just uh, that's yeah. all he knows, though, isn't it? Boy. Just ah. Oh, so yeah. I mean, so we do need to we do need to do something there to to sort that out. But having said that, I do obviously I think on paper I think our starting eleven is probably one of the strongest, um, and that's not me being biased but I genuinely think on paper our our starting 11 is one of the strongest and so from that regard I think we can challenge if we can bring challenge for what because I'm not going to let that slide no 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 no. so I'm not not saying challenge for the title don't get me wrong I'm not saying that I'm just what at the moment unfortunately it is a top four thing that I'm talking about do you get what I mean it is Uh, and I have to be realistic about the situation I think ultimately we'll end up getting fourth um and I think we will make more of a challenge of getting there as opposed to kind of last season where we spent time eighth, wherever coming up, we're in fifth place. We All we need to do is get the win because Chelsea have dropped points, Leicester have dropped points. We get the win, we can make it into the top four and then we don't. I feel like this season we will make we will take more advantage of those opportunities more and we'll see ourselves in the top four throughout more of the season. Do you get what I mean? Um but yeah, we we just we need to make signings, man. It's getting it's getting embarrassing. And don't get me wrong, the thing is right. I'm actually impressed with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's signings since he's joined. Bar, da- Bar Dan James, I think his signings have actually been very good in like overall speaking, do you get what I mean? Um, and Van der Beek seems to be another good signing to bring in. So I'm not actually worried about, at the moment, I'm not worried about the players that he will be bringing in. It doesn't seem to be like that scattergun approach that someone like David Moyes took where he just brought in um, flipping Fellaini from his old club and we, we almost brought Leighton Baines over or even um, Van Gaal who's just brought in like Daily Blind or, or Memphis Depay a place who'd obviously managed that um, at national level international level um, obviously Ono God and Solskjaer is coming in he's actually bringing in players of quality that he doesn't necessarily even have ties to but he, he's recognised these as good players that we need to bring in I've heard we're linked with um, Real Madrid's kind of <laughs> third choice left back I guess but apparently he had a good seat well I don't recall, I don't actually remember his performance against us in the um, Europa League semis, but he, um, uh, was it Sergio Reguilón or something? Oh, um, from Sevilla. From Sevilla, yeah. Um, so apparently we're linked with him. Um, and we'll see, because again, Luke Shaw, I personally think is somebody we need to replace. Um, should I don't think he should be in our starting 11. I think he's one of the weakest links in our starting 11. 
Um, but yeah, no, I think I think we'll, we'll be challenging for fourth place um, or for a top four finish. I think I think we'll end up finishing fourth. I think Chelsea, as I mentioned last week, will will um, end up pipping us to third place, and I think we'll finish fourth. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you guys will finish fourth um, on star power alone. Like, yeah. and nothing more to be said on that. Mm. But I guess cool facts are not really a fun one, but I, I thought it was quite cool. Van der Beek's taking a number 34 shot, mm. which is... In memory of one of his friends, right? Yeah, so um, when, I wouldn't really say in memory, but an homage to Appy Nori, mm. who was one of the exciting Ajax youngsters coming up. He collapsed on the pitch um, mm. during the game, um, suffered permanent brain damage, had to retire from football. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. And um, he obviously wore number 34 for Ajax. Mm. So I think there's about six, five or six players who've done the same thing Veltman who you mentioned last week has gone into um, Brighton mm. he's done the same thing and Patrick Cliver, not Patrick Clivert Patrick Clivert's son Justin Justin Clivert did the same thing at Roma so mm. that's why if you see some of these Dutch players wearing number right. 34 yeah. it's um, for Appy Nori so cool I didn't mention my um, star man sorry to quickly I know because we we're just about to move on but um, to be fair I don't even think it needs to go Paulie. be mentioned hmm? Polly. no no I was actually going to say Bruno I love it, man. Love it, man. Love it, love it. Why not? Love it, man. Bruno can't lace Pogba's boots, man. Listen, don't, listen. So this is what I'm going to say, right? Because you know me and you know I'm one of Pogba's biggest fans. I love Pogba. I think he's, I think he is our best player. And I think without him on the pitch, it's very evident. I'm just going based on, and again, you could say it's all, but it wasn't even post-lockdown. It was literally when he came in February or whenever, he has, you can't deny that Bruno Fernandes has turned the club around in the sense of our performances. And we've gone from less, we've gone from more of a, a counter-attacking team to we try and actually actively create progressive or play progressive football and play pretty exciting football, which we started doing. Um, and that, I mean, Pogba's been at the club for four, four seasons now or so. And we weren't doing that with him in the team then. Obviously, you could put that down to players, managers playing him in various different positions, no one really knowing where his best position was, et cetera, et cetera. But when you look at the the kind of facts of it all, we'd be like, Bruno Fernandes has come in and he has drastically turned around our fortunes and how we play football and the feel at the club. And so I think that is that is star man slash key man attributes. Um, do I think Bruno Fernandes is a better footballer than Paul Pogba? No. But I think in terms of for the club and what he's done, I think he will be our key player next year. Bear talking from the guy who picked Harry Maguire's best player last season. That's cool. But okay. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Okay. That was me, it? Um, all right, cool. So next we've got Newcastle United. Um, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> that, you, you, lovely prep work there. Lovely prep work there. <laughs> Scratch of the head. Listen. So, um, key man for me, um, Alan Saint Maxim, um, top yeah. dribbler in one of the top dribblers in the Premier League last season. Mm-hmm. Similar to how we said about Pulisic, when he gets on the ball, it's a bit like, okay, what's he going to do? What can he do? Mm. And I think with another year on his belt in the Premier League, he'll mm. be better for it. Mm. I just see them struggling again this season. I've got them down to finish 17th, mm. so just about staying clear, mm. but. I mean, at present, they've only signed Jeff Hendrick from Burnley on yeah. a free transfer. And it's like, to me, that screams, if someone's not good enough to get into a solid team like Burnley, or maybe he just wants to leave because he's not getting into the team, mm. that, does that mean he's the 
signing for you yeah. if you want to be aiming for where a Burnley are finishing like mm. being solid in the Premier League mm. obviously there's a bit of sour grapes from the takeover collapse which obviously, as, as a top as a fan of a top club you're happy in the sense that yeah there's not another big boy to deal with but mm. at the same time it's like you kind of want to see good for a team like Newcastle obviously yeah. having spent time up in the northeast, um living and working there there's, there's some good people around there so you, you, you want to see them do well but yeah, yeah I, I just don't think they have enough quality at the moment um, as or like Alan St. Maxim will be the only guy who really they can rely on to make stuff happen to be honest so. yeah um, I would agree in terms of uh, key player he yeah as you said uh, definitely a bright spark when he gets on a ball he kind of electric at his feet and he looks like somebody that can that can um that can make something happen out of out of very little. Um and this pace is frightening obviously he's always obviously compared with um Adama Traore, but I personally pip Traore just over um Maxim. What's it, what's, what's it? Maxim man or Max Max I mean it's spot Maxi Maxi Min isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mim Mim or whatever but yeah. I think it's Alan Alain Saint Maxim. Ross, your French is improving, yeah? This guy man. Jeez. We've come a long way from Akwe. This guy, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think one thing they obviously need to do is is find goals because I think last season they only finished they, they scored thirty eight goals over the whole um whole, whole season, which is obviously an average of one goal a game, which just isn't good enough. Um, I think the top goal scorer was John Joe Shelby, who's obviously a a midfielder or central midfielder. B did he? I don't know how many appearances he got last season, but I don't seem to recall him. Every time I was watching Newcastle, I don't recall him always being there. That's basically the point no, I was making. I think he started quite a lot. Did he? Quite a lot under. Okay, okay, but maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking about another season then. But yeah, no, okay, fine. Um, but the, I mean, the, the point still stands though, right? That if you're if you want to be considered a top, or at least like a top ten um, Premier League team, your top goal scorer can't be on six or so goals. Yeah. It can't be your central midfielder. Yeah, he played twenty six games last year. Six okay, goals, so maybe so. I watched the twelve games that he didn't play. Um, but yeah, so so do you get what I mean? And I think they're linked with um, Callum Wilson. I don't know what the latest on that is. I haven't heard personally. See, I can't say I've looked out for anything, but I haven't. I've seen, seen a couple of clubs linked with Callum Wilson because I saw um, Villa as well in for Callum Wilson. So is it? Yeah, it could be some um, a bit of back and forth or yeah. tug of war between yeah, that. Yeah. But I'd be interested to see who gets him because obviously he's proven goal scorer in the Premier League. Exactly. And, he can score goals, so yeah. either team, yeah. Villa or Newcastle, could do with those goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think uh, I say, yeah, I'd say about 16th, 17th. I think they'll be, they'll stay up, but it'll be a struggle for them, especially if they don't get bringing a, a, a proven goal scorer. Because you hear Joel Linton's just, it's not the one still. So moving on. Sheffield United, everyone's darlings from a season ago. Unlucky to obviously miss out on European football, but Chris Wilde has done an amazing job for them. And for me, I see them having another good season in in terms of relation to where you expect a team like Sheffield United to be, Mm. especially under the old days where they were sort of up and down, up Mm. and down. Um, I, I see them finished in 13th. So the reason I say they fall off to a certain degree is they relied they relied a lot on the team it wasn't like there was one standout in in mm. 
Sheffield United is it's funny you say that because I struggled to think of their key player yeah <laughs> I, 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 I've literally got down the team as, yeah. as the key player um, because it, it's a team first approach like mm. they've got hard workers in there and like McBurney McGoldrick up front they're not necessarily goals because they're going to get you loads of goals but they will work hard and they will get themselves about mm. and they will find one goal and the game will end 1-0 yeah <laughs> but um, they've made a couple of signings they've signed Ramsdale and Fodderingham mm. so they've signed two new goalkeepers to replace the one going out which is Dean Henderson yeah so hopefully one of those can claim number one yeah um, the number one jersey and really be solid because obviously Henderson will be a big miss for them yeah and um, which I guess will account for some points as well mm. um, on the other end so that's why I sort of see them dropping off a bit with teams giving them their best shot now mm. it's not no longer it's no longer a, oh it's Sheffield United we'll mm. just turn out a bit I know actually these guys are a bit of about it like yeah need, we're in for a game here yeah yeah no I mean yeah that's um some fair assessments yeah like I said I, I also struggle to think of their um their key players because they do very much uh, or they are very much a team uh a team unit and Chris Wilder as you mentioned has got got something good going there um I reckon they'll they'll finish uh top 10 again I think I'm gonna go ninth uh which is I believe where they finished last season isn't it but I feel like obviously last season we saw them start off fantastically uh which I think was just a bit beyond them um, then they tailed off towards the end of the season. I think lockdown wouldn't have helped. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Lockdown wouldn't have helped. You're right. But I think that is kind of more in line with where I see them being across the whole season. Only because when you look at the teams that are in and around them, um, people like Wolves, uh, Spurs, Arsenal, these are all all teams that I think will kick on and push on. Um, and so that kind of unfortunately leaves. Sheffield United hanging about yeah not really do you get what yeah. I mean and so that that yeah I think that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna go cool uh is it Tottenham next no who's next Southampton oh sugar <laughs> why about I got Southampton on here um cool so next we've got um what's their nicknames Saints. The Saints, thank you. Next we've got the Saints, Southampton United. Southampton. I'm even mad. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, guys, he's gonna he's gonna complain when I don't edit this out, but this is just showing what I'm dealing with. This is this is this is what I'm working with here, guys. Southampton Football Club. No, I'm I'm even mad still. So guys, so next up we've got Southampton. <laughs> so for me, they had a great end to this last season. They mm -hmm. finished off strong. They had second top goal scorer in Danny Ings. And after their 9 0 job into Leicester, um, Ralph Hassanau literally turned it around. He was given the opportunity to turn it around and he turned it around. For me, I think they're going to have another middle of the road season. I think they finished 11th, but they really need to fix their home form. Like I think they finished 19th in the form table in terms of home form mm. and third in the table in terms of away form. So they really, really relied on um, their points away from Southampton. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, without fans, that might help to start off with, but you really want the fans on side. You really want to fix that home form. So hopefully they can. Um, they've obviously lost um, Pierre, um, Emil Hoiberg to Tottenham. But um, I think that leads on to who my key man for them will be which is James Ward-Prowse, started for England yesterday. And I think he'll have a lot more responsibility on his shoulders this season. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see, can he shoulder it? And can he be that main man for them? Because they obviously wouldn't have let Hoiberg walk mm. as freely as they did if they if didn't they... believe Ward-Prowse could step up. But 
They've also made a couple of signings. Carl Walker's Peters was on loan last year, signed for them. I think he played decent, but a few times I saw them play. And they've also signed a young, highly rated centre back from Sociedad, Salisu. Salisu. Mm. Um, a couple of team, big teams after him, I think Barcelona, rumoured, Madrid, United, you know, all the big boys yeah. rumoured after a uh, young. <laughs> so he ends up at Southampton. Hey, I mean, I mean you know, a bit of clout, like, you know. Good so, team, good yeah, team, yeah. good history. But um, yeah, so I see them finishing 11th, same as last year. Probably similar points. Um, and hopefully, if it can't be a Liverpool player, an Ings Golden Boot, that'd mm. be nice. But um, yeah, any other thoughts to add on Southampton? Uh, I think I'd just say that my key player is Danny Ings, just because he was obviously so crucial this season in terms of obviously um, uh, Golden Boot runner up. Uh, I think if he can kick on and, and continue that vein of form next season, that would put Southampton in very good stead. And if he doesn't, then I think Southampton are not necessarily in trouble, um, but in trouble. <laughs> okay. So for, yeah, for me, I, I just see him and I, I expect him to score goals. Like, You're a big at, Danny Ings fan, isn't it? I, so, yeah. At minimum, I expect 12 goals from, in, from him in the Premier League this season, mm. which is more than enough for a, a striker mm. at that sort of level. It's, where you want to kick on to when you're expecting a 15 to 20 goals and mm. I think he, he'll still deliver at least 15, 16 goals mm. so it's just about how the rest of the team do and how James Ward-Prowse now dominates the midfield yeah fair so next up we've got Tottenham Hotspurs Mr Mourinho Mr Hollywood <laughs> so how you think so how do you think they'll do this season I think um, Mourinho came and uh, obviously steadied the ship a bit last season, which Spurs definitely needed. Um, got a few, got a few good results under his belt as their as their manager. Um, I think so with Spurs under Mourinho. I think he came in and, st- and steadied the ship um, uh, and got a few good results, especially in his first few games coming coming in as the manager taking over from um, Mauricio Pochettino. Um, I think, I don't know if I'm using kind of, or I'm looking at this from a different lens now because of watching All or Nothing, but I think he's obviously trying to instill uh, a completely different mentality into the team and instill some aggressiveness into them, which a team like Spurs, who I don't particularly think are one of the most technical or one of the um, kind of uh, most fancy playing teams in the league, I think is very necessary. Um, you need to be able to win games dirty in those situations. And you need to make sure you're doing that week in, week out. And you can only really do that if you have a certain type of aggressiveness in you. And so seeing Mourinho trying to kind of implement that, uh, and obviously he's had a bit of time from last season. So the players are going to be kind of familiar with it, used to it now. Going into this season, I think is something that they will um, they will be able to kind of uh, uh, kick on with. Um, obviously got fantastic striker in Harry Kane, who if he can remain injury free, um, you'd think would be hitting 20 goals or so next season. Minimum. Yeah. Um, and obviously you've got players like Lucas Moura for example who I think is a fantastic player I think he goes a bit underrated human song um, so they have something to work with they've brought in Hoiberg obviously who's de- who's been a decent player um, at Southampton I've, I've quite liked the look of him I think somebody that they could former, probably former Bayern Munich players are exactly so someone I think that they could um, they can get great, uh, quite good use out of shall I say especially because I'm not going to lie look at some of the players in the midfield kind of like Eric Dyer, who I know drops in from midfield to defence sometimes. Um, Sissoko and Dombele started off well and he kind of seems to be out of favour now. 
Um, so you'd kind of argue that they need someone like Hoiberg to come in. Be a bit more technical. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they've got the Celso as well, to be fair. True, true. And they've got Winks, who's, I guess, a tidy player. Yeah. Technically well, sound. But um, yeah. Yeah, I guess um, Hoiberg's a bit more of a technical player, but a bit more athleticism to his game as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think I think he's got something working there. I think he probably still needs a little bit more time. Uh, I'm not quite sure about Spurs kind of as a collective. I think there's always something going on in the background that you're like, is everything all right there? Yeah. Because obviously people talk about Daniel Levy not never wanting to spend the money or whatever the case may be. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. And also one controversially, I'm not a huge fan of Hugo Lloris. So... I'm not. Sure, I'm not necessarily saying that's going to be a downfall for them or anything like that. I'm you just, just wanted just to get, out. get, yeah, get your shots off. You just yeah. need to get your shots off. That's <laughs> fair enough, man. Out, yeah. That's what this podcast for for you to get your your thoughts across <laughs> to the world. So get your shots off. Yeah. If uh, he comes back at you, then but, okay. obviously I'll back it because I'll back it. But you know, like, <laughs> yeah. But, but no, I, th- I think um, they've made a couple of good signings. I think um, Doherty is a good signing from Wolves. Um, solid, solid right back. Mm-hmm. Top five in the league, I reckon. Um, well, at worst, top six. Mm. Um, and they've signed Joe Hart as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously Joe Hart's fallen out of favour a lot for... Every club he's been at. <laughs> yeah, but um, former England goalkeeper, mm. won titles before. He can bring a mentality, English as well, so you know the communication is going to be good. Mm-hmm. So like say, if Lloris drops out or isn't favoured, they've got Hart to turn to. And also still got Gazaniga as well. So mm. he's been solid when I've seen him come in. And Joe Hart's quite, he's quite a... He's- a leader as well from what I've seen to be fair yeah and um, only one key loss at the moment in terms of Jan Vertonghen Mm. but again from all or nothing he was starting to fall out of favour as well Mm. with Mourinho favouring Toby and um, Sanchez Sanchez, so um, yeah it's more just a loss in terms of another body but um, Tanganga's come in played a little bit so you could almost say they've got someone who can play all across the back line who Mm. Mourinho's looking towards a future with as well so Mm. yeah I, I personally I think it's more, and I, bear in mind, I wrote this prediction before the I watched All or Nothing. <laughs> I just see them, bec- without the the bad start, I think they finish fifth. Mm. Tottenham have too many good players to finish that low again. Mm. And it will be a case of star power dragging them through. But mm. I think as long as Kane can stay fit, Son and Ali will have better seasons. More mm. like say can support as well. Lo Celso second season under his belt. I think I think that they're too good to not finish fifth. Yeah, fair. Too too good to not finish fifth, but at the same time, I'm sort of starting to favour Arsenal just that little bit more. But no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna revise it. Tottenham will finish sixth. I I, I see Arsenal finish above them this mm. year. Yeah, Tottenham will finish sixth. Yeah, no, I'll I, go with that. I agreed. I agreed. <laughs> Um, cool so next we've got uh, newly promoted West Brom uh, obviously spent last season in the championship come up this season um, I'm just going to go out there and just say I think they're going I think they're going back down as well to be honest I think that's my final relegated final relegated team for me personally um, yeah what are your thoughts on that yeah everyone's favourite um, um, what was the word for it yo-yo team that's yeah. it <laughs> everyone's favourite yo-yo team they seem to go up and come down yeah um, They've had a couple of managers I've liked over the years and they, they, always, they always have a bit of fun in the Premier League as well if they might set up a couple of seasons but they go back down. But yeah, um, 
I just don't see them having enough quality at the moment. Mm. Um, they've made a couple of signings in terms of players who won loan with them last season that mm. they finalised. So one of them being Pereira from Sporting Lisbon and he was a key man for them last year. So I'm going to expect him to be a key man this year. Mm. But they also signed Grady Diangana and there's a bit of controversy about it because they signed him from West Ham. Obviously he was unknown with them last season. Mm. Signed him from West Ham but um, apparently the West Ham play or fans, players didn't want him to go and it was the board who just decided to cash in on him and mm. Mark Noble, their captain, tweeted out saying obviously, I think, can't remember verbatim but it was something along the lines of I don't think anyone wanted um, Grady to be sold but mm. he's been sold and yeah. it's too pretty much one of your direct rivals if you're going to be down there fighting around the same places yeah, yeah. so it, it's a bit of a weird one but then again West Ham do have a habit of signing that one player that makes you think oh this could be the year that West Ham <laughs> yeah. pulled themselves into it so may, maybe there's a big si- summer signing coming up and I won't put it past the, the DSG group but who knows are you talking about West Ham or West Brom here DSG no we're talking about West Brom true 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 <laughs> true true, true. <laughs> True, but to, to circle back around to West Brom, good catch. Um, no, I, I think um, even with their signings, I just don't see them having enough quality. Mm. Um, Rumours to be getting Carlin Grant back as well. Um, he was on loan for them. But again, it's all these loan players that they've had while they're in the championship. He did well. Yeah, Can they translate it into the Premier League and be good enough to keep them up? That's, mm. that's where I don't see it happening. And yeah, a team like Newcastle, who I put in 17th, they just have a bit more experience and they're a bit more wily in terms of being able to stay up than a West Brom in that situation. So yeah. Yeah. Any, any more thoughts from you? No? Nah. So we'll move on to the team that I was talking about then. <laughs> so on to West Ham and obviously when the chips were down, when they needed to save themselves, they picked themselves up. <laughs> they brought in David Moyes again and he did he did what he does best. He yeah. kept the team afloat, backed by the star man, Mikel Antonio. He had a mad thing post-lockdown. But, again, I mean, they, they signed um, Thomas Shusek, who was unknown back end of last season and he looked decent when, when we saw him play. But, it just seems to be lacking a bit. Like, they've got some good players from last year, really like Jared Bowen, really like um i forget his name felipe anderson even though he's not impressed thus far in the premier league i like him as a player i think he's had some very very he, so when you were saying that they have the tendency to bring in players that you can feel like he was one of them yeah. i saw him play especially when he first joined and i'm like how did west ham finally how do yeah. they find these players yeah <laughs> and he, he came from lazio as well yeah. in, into the premier league but it, it's just one of those where I don't see them having enough quality. Mm. They've still got, it's harsh, but they've still got David Moyes' as manager. He's not the manager that's going to take you to where they really want to be, which is pushing towards the best of the rest, pushing towards the where the yeah. Sheffield United's are, the West um, Wolves are, the Leicesters are even. That's yeah. where they want to be heading towards. That's what the fans demand. <laughs> and not, not to, uh, well, I have to, but obviously from personal experience, he took a flipping title winning team to seventh the next season. So, Arguably, yeah, you're right. Is he the manager that necessarily? Yeah, and another United reference for those of you keeping score at home. But I mean, he was a man. I don't understand. I don't understand what the issue is because if he, yeah. anyway, you know what? Continue, continue. Just listen, continue. listen. Let me know. Living rent free in his head, man. <laughs> Living rent free. 
But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if um, over the next month West Ham any make make any key signings or mm. any pivotal signings. But mm. it's hard to see where they can really spend the money because they spent money in a lot of places. They yeah. they got Haller last season for big money. Mm-hmm. Philippe Anderson the season before for big money. Jared Bowen wasn't necessarily cheap, but he, he's been quality anyway. Mm. But then they ended up relying on Mikel Antonio, who is a midfielder and now just being lumped up front. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's beggars to be football. It's honestly beggar's belief, but yeah. Um, yeah, they they have a decent spine at, at present. If they can keep hold of Declan Rice, that'll be very, very key. But um, I was saying to someone the other day that I actually, obviously post-lockdown when every game was on TV, obviously I watched West Ham a bit more than I usually would. And I was actually impressed by Declan Rice. I actually... Solid player. Yeah, I actually didn't... I'd, obviously prior, I'd only really heard West Ham fans talking about him. Yeah. But then I watched and I'm like, okay, I can actually see what they're going on about. He actually looks like a good, he's someone a, asked me, what's he good? And I said, like, he can carry the ball a bit. He's got these. Tidy. Yeah. And Keep, I actually, keeps it simple. Yeah. Big, big, well, big, big lad, mm. fairly athletic, can fill in that centre back, can mm. play midfield, can play DM. He, yeah. He's it's a versatile player and yeah. West Ham need to keep hold of him yeah. if they want to move on and be a comfortable mid-table team to start looking on and progressing forward. Yeah, no, I like him. But yeah, I think West Ham overall, as I kind of alluded to, I think I look around their squad and I'm like, you've actually got good players. Like you should, I feel like you should be doing better than you do. Um, So whether it's the manager in this case, for example, or whether it's whatever, and there's obviously always, I know they had, was it the season prior where there were all the demonstrations and protests and stuff against the ownership and and whatnot. But I think, I think, I mean, obviously we've already said who who are three well, we've agreed anyway, you know, who are three that we think are going to get relegated are. I think West Ham are going to be around that kind of second half of the, well, obviously second half of the, of the table. I'm going to go, I can't remember where I've got, where we've got three now. I'm going to say like 15th. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> that, that's where I've got them, yeah. 15th. So I'd agree with you on that. I hope no one listening is keeping track of where I've been saying. <laughs> Turns out I've got like three teams sitting in 15th spot. So we've got our final team for the 2020-2021 season preview. We've got Wolverhampton Wanderers who have been inspiring in recent seasons in terms of their ability to kind of fight around those European places. Um, The resurgence of kind of um, Adama Traore, who we've spoken about a couple of times now on this pod. Um, Fantastic strikers in in Raul Jimenez. Um, A midfield that has um, Ruben Neves in it. I think they are, uh, I think they're a very good team. And I think obviously they've lost Matt Doherty as we've, as we've mentioned, he's gone to Spurs now. Uh, not quite sure who their replacement right back is for him. I don't think they've signed anyone yet. Yeah. Or I don't, not sure who would fill in in the squad. Mm. Um, maybe they switch Johnny from playing left wing back to right wing mm. back, but. Yeah, then we'll be inspired by Connor Cody getting his first England call up and stuff. And I think, I think all around they have something good there. Um, annoyingly for them though, I feel like they've been outperforming themselves in recent history that it's now at a point where, okay, this is where they are, but I don't see them pushing on much further. Yeah. Um, I think, as I've mentioned as well, other teams around them, such as Arsenal, etc., who I think will be pushing on, will leave them in that kind of, okay, we're now the next of that bunch. And so there are, I feel we're looking at eighth place finish or so for them. 
Um, which is good for Wolverhampton. Do you get what I mean? I think it's good for them. As I said, I feel like they've been kind of pushing above their weight in recent in recent years that they wouldn't be. And obviously a team that does that though, any team that does that, who kind of come up, stay in and around the area, they they always want to, te- or they always tend to start saying, okay, let's push on now. They start getting a bit carried away and say, okay, let's secure. Okay, let's see if we can push our top four and let's see. And I think you sometimes you just need to stay in your lane and just relax. And if you're not going to spend the money required to do that, just appreciate that this is where we are. And until we do spend that money, this is going to be us. So they spent 35 million on Fabio Silva, mm-hmm. record signing um, for the club, um, Porto youngster, 18 year old. And I think while it's not necessarily the, the signing for them to kick on right now, I think they are looking ahead to the future that we mm. want to be the place for not only the best Portuguese talent, because obviously there's clearly a, a link <laughs> yeah. there, but we want to be a place where if you know you're good enough for the, the big boys, come here, do it for mm. a couple of seasons and then move on. Someone mm. like Adama Traore, where it's like he came from Barcelona, wasn't really working out proving himself now and now the big boys will probably start looking and banging the door again can we have him mm. Ruben Nevers again similar one where highly touted thinking from Porto as well mm. coming in now and now big boys are looking at him again yeah. it's like he's still so young as well yeah like 23 now yeah so it's ridiculous it, it, it's crazy so um we're also rumoured to be in for Marcel um, from Lyon defender um, I thought he was quite decent um, when he saw him against Madrid not sorry City mm. um so, yeah, that 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 could be helpful, but I think they'll be there and thereabouts again, such similar to last year. I think they'll get seventh, mm. um, and the reason that they will get seventh will be getting the goals from Jimenez. Mm. They need him scoring again. I mean, he's getting on in age now. He's, he's no spring chicken, mm. um, but he scored thirty two percent of their goals last season. You want that coming down a little bit potentially if you can. You want it a bit more spread around, but. Mm. If they get him scoring, then they'll they'll do well. And I think Nuno Nuno's a good manager, and as long as he's happy there, because I saw a few rumours that he might not be happy. Oh, really? He might not be happy with everything, and there might be other teams circling around him. But mm. um, I don't know if that's just paper talk, just slow news days. But yeah, yeah um, I think they'll get seventh. Mm. Cool. So that is it. So we've gone through the season preview of all the Premier League teams. And after this, we will share on the socials our predictions of the full Premier League table. Once Darren has made his changes and (laughs) written down, oh, damn, I've got three teams in 15th and 12 in 11th. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get that out to you. So, yeah, we'll leave it there, guys. Just a quick preview pod. The excitement kicks off next week with the Premier League officially here. So some quick housekeeping. Um, we are now officially on Apple Music, Google Podcasts and Spotify and all other major streaming platforms. So you can now listen to us in multiple ways. Again, we'll still be on the SoundCloud for you guys who have stuck with us from day one on there. But follow us on the socials at the Top Bins Pod. That's T-H-E-T-O-P-B-I-N-S-P-O-D. And you can follow us um, on Twitter and Instagram and use the hashtag the Top Bins Pod to join in the conversation on Twitter. And we'll be looking to get onto YouTube soon as well. And we, we are on YouTube at the Top Bins Pod. Um, we'll have some content coming up there for you soon as well.